ready? Find in your Bibles the book of the prophet Isaiah, please. The book of Isaiah. It's good to be in God's house, amen? Ain't no place I'd rather be, amen. Merry Christmas. So, be careful when you tell God you'll do exactly what he says. You know what I'm talking about, amen? So, I had the best Christmas message you would have ever heard. I can say that because you're not going to hear it. Uh, No, I'm just kidding. I was here uh, Friday night working, what I call work, <laughs> um, and just praying over the message, finalizing the message. I was actually loading it in to our media, and as I was loading it in, I, I had the audible Bible playing, and it, 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 it's from a record label called Humble Beast, and it is, you can, you can go out, just go to your iTunes store and look for street lights, and it is spoken word Bible, read, and so it, it was just shuffling around, and, and it got to John, and it, it went through chapter one, and it went through chapter two, and I'm loading my verses in, and it went chapter three, went to chapter four, and I started, to, I started to see how the miracles that Jesus is, after, one after another, bam, 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 bam. And so I, I started the book of John over. And I didn't get past chapter one. And, and, and God, at that moment, he just said, do you believe it? And, and obviously, I, I, God isn't looking for information when, when he interrupts your thought process. I said, I believe it. And what he was asking me was, do I believe that with the faith of a mustard seed, we can see greater things? Now, you got to understand, what, what I've been studying for about four weeks was the Christmas story. And I just read it over and over again, and I'll read it, and I'll pray, and, I'll read, and you've read it, and you've heard it, and you've sung it, um, and just praying for God to, to show me something I've never seen. Not, I wasn't even to the give me a message part yet, and... When, when he asked me the question, do I believe we'll see greater things? The whole Christmas story, just wham, just, just like, a, just like a, a movie screen, the whole thing, beginning to end, just And I'm like, God, that, that's the greatest. I mean, that's phenomenal. That's a miracle. That's unexplainable. That's, that's one and done. No one else has ever been born of a virgin. What? I mean, it, it, 
What's greater? I was reminded of the miracles that I had been listening to. And I'm like, what? What's greater? So I want us to start where God started me. And I'm calling an audible. And yesterday morning I came in and I, I tried to load. We're going to read a lot of verses today. I hope that's all right. Um, I, I couldn't put them all in your worship guide. So follow along, write them down. But we're going to start at, at the beginning. We're going to start at a prophecy in Isaiah chapter 9. You, you, you know it. We're going to start there. We're going to read the Christmas story. And then we're going to the book of John. Is that okay? How many in this room believe that Jesus the Christ was born of a virgin and was sent here to pay the price for our sin? Who in this room believes that? Yeah. And that's why I don't have to spend a whole lot of time talking about that. It's incredibly important. But my message is, is to those of us today that we, we desire something greater in our life, for the life of our church, for the life of our family, for the life of our friends. Are you with me? Find Isaiah chapter 9. If you got it, say amen. amen. All, I hope all of the verses will be on the screen behind me, and if it's not, it's not the production team's fault, it's mine. Beginning in verse 6, I'll be reading out of the New Living Translation. Your Bible says, For a child is born to us, a son given to us. The government will rest on his shoulders. Pause. How timely is that? Anybody else done here? And he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. His government and its peace will never end. His peace will never end. His peace will never end. Hallelujah. He will rule with fairness and justice from the throne of his ancestor David for all eternity. The passionate commitment of the Lord of heaven's army will make this happen. Say amen. Yes, amen. Prophet Isaiah prophesied of Jesus coming. Go to Luke chapter 1, please. Luke chapter 1. When you find Luke chapter 1, drop down to verse 26, please. So Isaiah prophesied, and there were many other prophecies regarding the coming of Jesus. I just love that passage. So we'll fast forward a little bit to Luke chapter 1. When you find chapter 1, find verse 26, please. Familiar verses, familiar verses. I pray that God will open our hearts so that we can look at it as if it's the very first time we've seen it. Luke chapter 1 verse 26. In the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, pause, read, read, read verses 1 through 25 and you'll, you'll understand that. In the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a village in Galilee, to a virgin named Mary, and she was engaged or betrothed, whatever your uh, translation says. It, 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 it literally, they, had to, they were married all but the consummation of such. That's what engagement meant then. 
It wasn't a trial run. It, 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 it was a commitment. In fact, to get out of the engagement, you had to get a de- de- decree of divorce. To a virgin named Mary, she was engaged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of King David. Gabriel appeared to her, Mary, and said, Greetings, favored woman! Exclamation point. The Lord is with you! Exclamation point. Obviously, I wrote that in my Bible. Confused and disturbed, Mary tried to think what the angel could mean. Don't be afraid, the angel told her, for you have found favor with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son, and you will call him Jesus. Amen. He will be very great and will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his ancestor David. Sound familiar? Yeah, we read about it in the prophecy. And he will reign over Israel forever. His kingdom will never end! Exclamation point. Mary asked the angel, but how can this happen? I am a virgin. And the angel replied, the Holy Spirit will come upon you. The power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the baby to be born will be holy. And he will be called the Son of God. Son of God. Verse 38. I love it. Your Bible and mine says, I, Mary responded, I am the Lord's servant. May everything you said about me come true. And then the angel left her. Obedience. Instant obedience when it doesn't make sense. That's how much she trusted her God. Fast forward, Luke chapter 2. Luke chapter 2, verse 1. At that time, the Roman emperor, Augustus, decreed that a census should be taken throughout the Roman Empire. John, in, or, or, or Luke, inserts this parenthetical statement. This was the first census taken when Quirinius was governor of Syria. And all returned to their own ancestral towns to register for this census. And because Joseph was a descendant of King David, he had to go to Bethlehem in Judea, David's ancient home. He traveled there from the village of Nazareth in Galilee. He took with him Mary, to whom he was engaged, who was now expecting a child. And while they were there, the time came for her baby to be born. She gave birth to her firstborn son. Hallelujah, thank you, God. She wrapped him, in snugly, wrapped him snugly in strips of cloth, laid him in a manger, because there was no room and no lodging available for them. Wednesday, I talked about making room for Jesus. There was no room for Jesus. I, I thought about the irony of that. I talked about it Wednesday. There, there was no room for Jesus, and yet... He tells his disciples, I've, I've gone to prepare a place for you. I'm making room for you. There wasn't no room for me, Jesus said, but I'm making room for you. She wrapped his snugly in strips of cloth and laid him in a manger because there was no lodging available for them. Please go to Matthew chapter 1. I... I I will never in my lifetime combine all my words and stack them up, say anything more important than reading the Scripture. So, if we do nothing but this, God is pleased. Matthew chapter 1, find verse 18, please. So, now, where are we at? Prophesied, Jesus would be born, wonderful, counselor, 
And, and, and then an angel appears to Mary, the teenage girl who was a virgin, never been with a man, and the Holy Spirit and impregnated her, and she carried the Savior of the universe in her womb. And it, it happened they had to go and travel a long distance to be a part of the census. So they put him in a stable. Matthew 1, verse 18. This is how Jesus the Messiah was born. His mother Mary was engaged to be married to Joseph before the marriage took place. While she was still a virgin, she became pregnant through the power of the Holy Spirit. Joseph, to whom she was engaged, was a righteous man and did not want to disgrace her publicly, so he decided to break the engagement quietly. Hmm. That's powerful. As he considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream. Joseph, son of David, the angel said, do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife, for the child within her was conceived by the Holy Spirit. And she will have a son, and you are to name him Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. All of this occurred to fulfill the Lord's message through, this, through his prophet. Look, the virgin will conceive a child. She will give birth to a son. They will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. When Joseph woke up, he did as the angel of the Lord commanded. He took Mary as his wife, but he did not have sexual relations with her until her son was born. And Joseph named him Jesus. Jesus has come, God with us. That's the Christmas story in a nutshell, as it were. Jesus has come. Jesus came to die. He came with a mission. He came with a purpose. He came for a reason that was bigger than any government, that was bigger than any any social system. He, 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 he came to save you and me and the world. He came in a way that no other person ever did. And I re-emphasize that because go to John 1. was foretold. Angel visits Mary. Angel visits Joseph. They go to the census. Joseph wanted a room because Mary was about to give birth. Stuck her in a stable. You, you know the rest of the story. Now let's fast forward to John 1 because Jesus is now operating in his earthly ministry. We can't keep him in the manger. We just can't. So, so he's operating now. Everybody that is surrounded, that, that he is surrounded by Jesus, that is, they know that story. They know the prophecy. They know the story of, of Jesus coming, how he came. They know the story of Mary and Joseph. They know the story of of his miracles. They, they know the story. He's, he's now un, unleashed to minister. He is, he's, he's, past, he's past being a baby. He's, he's, he's now grown into more than a prophet. He's, 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 he's grown into more than just a miracle worker. He has grown into 
the man that God created him to be, he, he grown into that, 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 that human side of him that, 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 that was also equal to the deity side of him. He, he felt all the pain. He, he, he felt the torture. He felt everything. He, he was alive, alert. He was, he was awake. He was, his senses were, were on point. It, it wasn't like he was a robot just going around doing things that were mindless. Or, he talked to the Father and the Father talked to him and he did amazing, miraculous things. In fact, your Bible says that the Bible isn't big enough to contain everything that Jesus did. We know this much. And it's enough to change the world. Because the power is in the Word. John chapter 1, verse 1. In the beginning was the Word already existed. The Word was with God and the Word was God. Who's the Word? Say it. Jesus. The Word was with God. The Word was God. In the beginning was the Word. It existed all the time. He existed in the beginning with God. God created everything through Him. And nothing was created except through Him. The Word gave life to everything that was created. And His life brought light to everyone. The light shines in the darkness. And the darkness can never extinguish it. Somebody needs to give God praise right there. Listen, Listen, God's light will extinguish the dark, not vice versa. Church, you need to be excited by the fact that Jesus came, and I want you to celebrate that, but you need to be excited for the fact that he's alive today, and he is in you if you know him, and he wants to work through you, and you are the light. I am the light. Jesus shines through us. We got to get this. Verse 6, God sent a man, John the Baptist, or John the Baptizer more accurately, to tell about the light so that everyone might believe because of his testimony. Oh, I'm going to read it again. Listen, this is our assignment. Listen, John the Baptizer was the forerunner for the first time Jesus came. You and I are forerunners for the second time he comes. We have to own this. We've got to desire greater things. We've got to want to see them. We want to hear them. We want to experience them through the power and the glory of God. God sent a man, John the Baptist, to tell about the light. The light, that's Jesus, so that everyone might believe because of John's testimony. John himself was not the light. He was simply a witness to tell about the light. One who is true light, who gives light to everyone, was coming into the world. Please go to verse 29. If I may. We've got Jesus out of the manger. He's now, he's now walking in his ministry. He's a grown man. He's now calling people to himself. As he walks along, he, as he's prompted by his father. As he walks along, he, he'll stop and say, Josh, follow me. J- Jeff, fo- follow me. And, and there was a choice that had to be made. 
So that's where he's at in his life now. So, so we had the prophecy. We had what we know as the Christmas story. And, and, and we know now, verse 29, the next day John saw Jesus coming toward him and said, Look, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. I, I, I'll, be, I'll be that gone if I'm going to move past that verse and not give God credit for taking away the sin of the world. You understand? So let's try that again and let's act like we give a care. The next day, John saw Jesus coming toward him and said, Look, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. Come on now. Look, look, it doesn't mean glance. It doesn't mean, eh. No, it doesn't mean, behold, gaze upon. That's what that word means. Look, look. He's, what John is doing is deflecting people from looking at him. And he's saying, no, 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 no. Look at him. No, gaze on him. Gaze on him. Gaze on him. That's, that's the one right there. That's him. He, he's, he's here to take away the sin of the world. The world. The world, past, present, future, the world, everyone, everybody, those that aren't like you, those that are just like you, those you don't understand, those you do understand, those you can't stand. Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. Listen, listen to John's word. Verse 30, he is the one I've been talking about when I said, a man is coming after me who is far greater than I am, for he existed long before me. I did not recognize him as the Messiah, but I have been baptizing with water so that he might be revealed to Israel. Then John testified, I saw the Holy Spirit descending like a dove from heaven, resting upon him. I didn't know he was the one, but when God sent me to baptize with water, he told me, the one on whom you see the Spirit descend and rest is the one who will baptize with the Holy Spirit. I saw this happen to Jesus, John said. So I testify today that he is the chosen one of God. Your version might say the Son of God. What John is trying to do is that, is that big line, I got to decrease so that he increases. He's, 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 he's living this out. He's saying, look, 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 look. I get it. You're waiting on the Messiah. I understand. That's been your teaching. That's been your teaching up to this point. I, I, I understand. I felt the same way, John said. But God told me when I see the dove fall and resting up, that will be the chosen one. And John's getting stoked by it. And he said, I seen it. It's him. Look. Look, look, it's Jesus. It's Jesus. It's Jesus. It's Jesus. It's Jesus, the one we read about. It's Jesus, the one we've been told about and taught about from the prophets. It's the ones our grandfather, great-grandfather, great-great-grandfather was telling us would be coming. He's here. Jesus is here, John said. He's here, and he's been baptized, and the Holy Spirit has rested upon him, and he is going to be unleashed into ministry. And he'll do miracle after miracle after miracle after miracle after miracle. Verse 35. I love the fact that the Gospel of John emphasizes that that Jesus was the chosen one. It emphasizes that John's role was just to be a witness. 
John, 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 John didn't christen him as the Messiah. No, no, no. John's role was to be a witness. He wasn't just the baptizer. We see that he was more than that because of his testimony, the words of his mouth. He, he, didn't, just, he didn't just go through the motions. He, 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 owned, he owned the fact that he was the forerunner. And the forerunner just kind of forges away and then gets out of the way. Are you with me? He gave testimony to what they've seen, what they experienced. And, and he did that in an effort to establish real truth. I love that it emphasizes that. And in naming him the chosen one of God, he, or literally translated the son of God, that's not by accident. When he calls Jesus the chosen one of God, he, John speaks with an unclouded vision. He, he doesn't speak with, with, with any expectation other than God said, look for the one that the Spirit descends upon. That's the one. And so he, when, he, when he recognizes that, he declares it. He means nothing less than the totality of the man Jesus also being the eternal chosen one, the eternal son of God who came to take away the sins of the world. They are co-equal. They are co-eternal. Jesus was God. Verse 35 said, the following day, John was again standing with two of his disciples. As Jesus walked by, John looked at him and declared, look, there is the Lamb of God. When John's two disciples heard this, they followed Jesus. It, oh, we get it, but we don't get it. Because all he said, all he said was, look, look, there he is. You see his handiwork. You see everything that was said about him. You, you see right there. Look. Look, there, there he is. There he is. Look. look he, when they heard this, they just followed. Verse 38, Jesus looked around and saw them following. What do you want? He asked them. And they replied, Rabbi, which means teacher, where are you staying? Verse 39. Say it with me. Come and see. Come and see. This, this is the initial answer to the call. You and I have to answer that call. Not now is an answer. Later is an answer. Getting up and following is an answer. Jesus asked two disciples what I believe to be a very, very important question. But here's what we got to understand about Jesus. It was also a very logical question. He asked them, uh, and, and I believe he's asking all of us today, what do you want? What? He said that. What, what do you want? What do you want? What do you want? Verse 38, what do you want? He probed them to find out whether they were just curious or whether they were really looking for him. And there's a difference. He wanted to know if they had a real desire to know him. So he asked a logical, fair question that was very weighted. And for the answer, Jesus directed them to himself, not to John, not to anyone else. He said, come and see. What do you want? They responded with a question. 
They responded with a question because they wasn't sure how to answer. Jesus doesn't scold them for that. Come on now. Jesus, Jesus doesn't lecture them for that. Um, where are you staying? Odd answer. To the, what do you want? Where are you staying? So Jesus responds with, well, just come to me and all your questions will get answered. Link up with me. Your eyes will be open. Link up with me and you'll see. It was about four o'clock in the afternoon when they went with him to the place where he was staying and they remained with him the rest of the day. Verse 40. Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, was one of these men who heard that John said what John said and then followed Jesus. So, so let's, let's stick a pin in this so that we can track this. Andrew met Jesus and then wanted his brother Peter to meet Jesus. Man, at the risk, at the risk of just... I'm asking all of us, who have we introduced Jesus to? Now, I... And I, 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 I know your lifestyle evangelism is. I, I get it, man, and, and and I'm glad, but that's not that's that's not what we're called to do. We're not called to lifestyle evangelism. We're just not. See, see, Andrew met Jesus, and right away he wanted his brother Peter to meet Jesus. There is something about meeting Jesus that stirs something up inside of you, and it will be the domino effect. You will just go to other people and say, hey, come and see, come and see, because all you got is come and see. You don't have anything else. You don't have, don't be, don't be telling people that, hey, hook up with Jesus and, and, you know, invite him into your life and everything's going to be great. No, 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 that's a lie. No, ultimately, it's the truth, but it doesn't automatically make everything go away. What it does is it equips us to endure what we're in the middle of. That's the Christmas story. Do you understand? That's the Christmas story. John and uh, Joseph and Mary endured what it was they were called to do by, by God himself via the voice of an angel. Listen, they endured everything. They endured. She endured the long donkey ride to where they were going in Africa. Do you understand that? It was, man, she was pregnant. She's about to give birth. They endured it. Being told you're going to carry Jesus, the Savior of the world, didn't mean there was no pain in giving birth. The Christmas story is that. The Christmas story is come and see. The Christmas story is come and see. The wise men came and saw. God help me. Andrew met Jesus, wanted his brother Peter to meet Jesus. And now, I, I, just, just as a side note, every time Andrew is mentioned in the Gospel of John, hear me, he is bringing someone to Jesus. Write it down, John chapter 6, John chapter 12. Every time he's mentioned, he's bringing someone to Jesus. Through the centuries, that's how it's always worked. 
That's why I, I was so stoked and encouraged listening to Pastor Miguel talk over our BLTs because he was doing a great work building houses and, and schools, etc., etc., and he realized as the, the starving kids were walking by where they were building stuff and nobody was... Do, no, he, he said, somebody's got to go up in those in that forest and, 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 and get past the, the gang members and, 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 and got to tell them about Jesus. Has to, has to be the... Because we got to get them to Jesus. When you know Jesus and he's made a real change in you, you can't shut up about Jesus. Everything you do will be filtered through the reality that Jesus saves the world. Every decision you make, every, everything has to revolve around that. Oh, I love this. It's never changed. Most people come to faith in Jesus Christ because someone opened their mouth. They said, come and see, man. Woman at the well, come and see this guy that told me everything about myself. Come and see. Peter, Peter's got an Andrew who introduces him to Jesus. And it's natural because it, it should just be our first response. We've got we to gotta share the joy we experienced in coming to know Jesus. Verse 41, Andrew met, went to find his brother Simon and told him, We have found the Messiah. Oh, come on. A Andrew went to find his brother, Simon, who is Peter, and told him, we have found the Messiah. We have found the Messiah. We have found... The Messiah wasn't lost. You gotta, you, you, gotta, you gotta grasp this. Jesus puts himself in places so that you bump into him. <laughs> we found the Messiah. No, he'd been there all the time. And he, he was supposed to go, the, the woman at the well. Uh, we're supposed to go this way. We're not allowed to go through there, Jesus is letting you know that. So we're going to go around. No, I'm not going around. I, 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 I love the King James. I needs go through the city. And so he went through the city and just happened to be at a well. Oh, the Samaritan woman found Jesus. No, 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 no. Jesus puts himself, that's our responsibility. That's our job. That, that, that is our assignment. Do you understand? I, I, I mean, it's weighty. I get it. I get it. And you're like, man, can we just talk about the baby? No, we got to get him out of that. We got to get, we got to understand if we want to see greater things, it will come through us. It will come through us as we are empowered by Jesus, the risen Savior. So we found the Messiah. I love the innocence in that. He wasn't bogged down with doctrine. He wasn't bogged down with denominational bylaws. All he knew was I was walking and I didn't know him. Somebody took me to him and I found him. Well, that ain't exactly how it works, but whatever works for you, hallelujah. I found the Messiah. I love this. Found the Messiah, which means Christ. Verse 42. Then Andrew brought Simon to meet Jesus. Jesus, looking intently at Peter, Jesus said, Your name is Simon, son of John. 
but you will be called Cephas, which means Peter. <laughs> Come on now. I mean, you just, you just, I mean, and Andrew, Andrew just like, he brings Peter up. There's, there's not this, this formal introduction. Are you looking at the words? It's not. Andrew brought Peter to meet Je- Simon to meet Jesus. And Jesus just looks intently at Simon. By the way, that phrase is the same word John used when he said, look. It's the exact same word. Jesus looking intently at Simon, he said, your name's Simon, and your dad's name John. Okay. But I'm getting ready to change your name. You're now going to be called Cephas, which is called Peter. See, an encounter with Jesus, outside of the Jesus, I need you, Jesus, come help me. The best thing we can do, shh, and then let him, let him speak your destiny to you. You're, you're Simon. You're John's boy. But I, I now call you C. Knowing the excitement that Andrew had, it would have been very tempting for Peter because we know the rest of the story, right? And Peter, he's a little presumptuous. Yeah, I mean, he's, I mean, he's got a hair trigger, if I may. I mean, he will shoot from the mouth and then go, oh, man. It would have been very easy for Simon to begin to talk to Jesus, to begin to explain some things, to begin to say why he doesn't fully embrace this. To be able, what's beautiful about it is Jesus doesn't give you a chance to argue about it. You have a chance to make a choice. Follow or not. And Jesus said, I just want to give you a little glimpse of what's going to happen in the book I'm going to call the Acts of the Apostles. You're going to be the rock. Now we know, because we own many of these Bibles, that Peter didn't always bat a thousand, yes? It didn't change what Jesus called him and the destiny Jesus gave him. Amen. Verse 43, the next day Jesus decided to go to Galilee. Well, he found Philip. He decided to go to Galilee and he found Philip. And he said to him, come follow me. We get a little backstory. Philip was from Bethsaida, Andrew and Peter's hometown. Philip went to look for Nathaniel. And told him, we have, here it is again, we have found the very person Moses and the prophets wrote about, exclamation point. His name is Jesus. He's the son of Joseph from Nazareth. 
Now, now we got one. Now we got a thinker. Now, now we got one that's like, hold up. I'm not just, I'm not, I'm just, I'm just going to jump on board with this. He says, Nazareth, exclaimed Nathaniel, can anything good come from Nazareth? Na- we know yes. Nazareth, res- Nathaniel rather responded to Philip's announcement with prejudice. If I don't drink, I'll yell. Water. Nathaniel responded to Philip's announcement with prejudice. And hearing that Jesus came from Nazareth, Nathaniel thought he had no more reason to acknowledge him as the Son of God as the next guy that walked around because he had a prejudice and he was racist against those from Nazareth. History defines that. Not just me. Although we read it, it is laced with and burdened with prejudice and racism. And he says, no, no, no. Nothing good can come from Nazareth. I ain't got any time to talk to anybody from Nazareth. Interesting. Watch how Philip responds to the negativity. He responded exactly like He heard Jesus respond. Come and see for yourself, Philip replied. Instead of arguing against Nathaniel's disbelief, instead of arguing with his prejudice, Philip simply invited him to come and see, meet this guy for yourself. You know about as much about him as I do at this point. He wasn't wasn't walking around with a seminary degree in his hip pocket. He just met and was moved by the creator of the universe, born of a virgin. They've heard about this all of their life. And now they're finding him. They're finding him because one tells another that tells another that tells another that tells another that tells another. Are you feeling it yet? He didn't argue. He just invited. Verse 47, as they approached, Jesus said, look at this. Would you look at this? Do you think Jesus didn't know that Nathaniel cracked on him? Do you think that Jesus didn't know the prejudice that was in Nathaniel's heart? Come on. Of course. But look how Jesus responds. He doesn't respond with vengeance. He doesn't respond with defending himself. He responds by lifting up ones that are against him. He says, now here is a genuine son of Israel, a man of complete integrity. What a compliment from Jesus. Who, by the way, up to that point, Nathaniel wasn't on board with him being the Messiah. So here this man gives him this compliment. He said, even though Nathaniel had some trouble believing, there was nothing tricky or deceptive about him. Here's what. He wasn't saying one thing about Jesus and then have something different in his heart. He flat out said, and I'd rather spend time with folks like that who flat out said, you know what? I, ain't, I don't believe it. I just don't believe it. Awesome. I can work with that. 
Come and see. That's all I can say, man. Come and see. I'm not in the business of convincing. God's in the business of convicting. And there's a difference. If I can talk someone into a prayer, and anybody in this room could do it, whatever your tactic is, fear, manipulation, promises that are false, whatever it is, we can talk people in to say in a prayer, and somebody will talk them out of it, probably the enemy, before they get to the stop sign. I, 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 just, I just love, I just love, I just love this. I love it, I love it. Here's a genuine son of Israel, a man of complete integrity. What he's saying is, I know what you said. I know how you feel. But you are solid. You have integrity. You wasn't blowing smoke. You weren't just going to accept any bait that's thrown out there. You're a racist. Thank you for being honest, Jesus says, encapsulating the whole picture here. And then Nathaniel does what anybody would do that didn't believe. How do you know about me? Verse 48, how do you know about me? Nathaniel asked. Jesus said, I could see you under the fig tree. God help me. Man, I've been watching you. I've been watching you from the beginning. I know you're the fig tree. Historians say that 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 the, the devout Jews and religious people would would go under the shade of a fig tree. That, is, that was where they would study. They would get away from the hustle and the bustle. They would get away from the temple because of the nonsense. And they would find a fig tree and they'd park themselves under it and they would meditate and they would read the prophecies. Oh, oh, oh listen, that, that, history bears that out again and again and again and again. And Jesus says, he said, how do you know about me? Jesus said, man, I've watched you. I've watched you. I've seen you fall, but I see you searching. I've I, 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 I seen you going down the wrong path. I've seen you when you did this and that and this and that, and I'm still willing to have a conversation with you. That's that baby that came. I saw you sitting under a fig tree before Philip ever got to you. That sentence... Caused Nathaniel to say this. Then Nathaniel exclaimed. Oh my God. He, he got more undignified than this. The, that, the word used there, some translations say cried out. You please grasp this. He didn't wait till the church service. He didn't wait getting in an environment where it's acceptable. He didn't wait for anything when he made the connection with Jesus. Oh, praise rose up inside of him. And he exclaimed. He cried out. He shouted. And he couldn't have cared less about what anybody thought about it. And he said, Rabbi, you are the Son of God, the King of Israel. 
How did he know that? Three sentences prior, he hated the people from Nazareth. He was a racist. He wore the colors of a racist. He parroted his father and his grandfather. Nothing good comes from Nazareth. Don't forget that boy. Nothing good comes from Nazareth. Yes, sir, dad. I'll never forget it. And when he's told that there's someone from Nazareth that is the king of the world and now the Messiah. No, no. No, he's not. It was just the reality of Jesus knowing him. And with the soft words of, I've known you all your life, man. I've watched you all your life. He says, Rabbi, you are the son of God, the king of Israel. What a testimony of Nathaniel regarding Jesus. Please don't miss this. If you miss it, you've missed my whole. He says son of God because it described his unique relationship that was between Jesus and God the Father. See, he was, in, in just that statement alone, he was declaring that God and Jesus were one. It was, a, it was an exclamation of his deity. And when he said, called him the king of Israel, he described his status as Messiah and King. So he understood in an instant of an interaction with Jesus that this person that I was prejudiced against is the son of the creator of the universe and the king of all kings. And my takeaway text is the final two verses. Back up to 48. How do you know about me? Nathaniel asked. Jesus replied, I could see you under the fig tree before Philip found you. And Nathaniel exclaimed, Rabbi, you are the son of God, the king of Israel. Verse 50. Jesus asked him, do you believe I am the son of God? And the king of Israel, do you believe because I just told you that I saw you under a fig tree? Yeah. Yeah. With that faith, Nathaniel, with that faith, hearing the prophecies, Hearing stories of miracles, hearing stories of John the Baptizer preparing a way and declaring these outlandish things about Jesus, the Messiah. <laughs> because you had a little bit of faith and you believed when I said I saw you. He said, this broke me to pieces. He said, you will see greater things than this. You 
We'll see. Do you believe just because I said that? That's nothing. No, that's nothing. (laughs) You ain't seen nothing yet, Nathaniel. But because you have enough faith to believe what I said, greater things than this you will see. He was amazed, Nathaniel was, by what Jesus had already said and what he had already seen. But Jesus told him there is so much more to see. The promise to see greater things than these continues for us today. Church, hear me. Have you known Jesus? Have you known Jesus as the truth? Oh, he's, but he's also the way and the life. He, he, he's the way, he's the way to get to point A to B, and he's the way to get from here to home. He's, he's, he's more than just the way, which is what the early church was called. That was their denomination that they were tagged with. They were accused of being Christians. It wasn't a compliment, FYI. And then they called him being a group called The Way. Jesus is more than The Way. There's greater things. He's the truth. He's the life. Did did he become flesh? Oh, yes, he did. But we will behold him in his glorified self. We will see greater things if we'll stay. Have you known him as the beginning of everything? As, the, as we read in John 1, man, before, anything that was made was made because of him. Do you know him as the beginning, the alpha? Oh, God, he's the all-compassing beginning, but he's also the end. He's omega. He's not. Your journey didn't stop when you said yes to Jesus and he forgave you. Oh, my God. It just began. It just began. It just began. You, you know him as that. Have you experienced baptism by water? Sure. But there's a greater thing. Being baptized with fire. Baptized with the Holy Spirit. You will see greater things. Don't stop at the baptism of water. It's just a symbolic testimony that you're declaring I'm dying to self and I'm raising to live like Jesus and for Jesus. But there's more than we seek the baptism of the fire and be filled with the Spirit. Have you seen the baby in a manger? Oh, there's a greater thing, and that's Jesus on the cross. Oh, but wait, there's a greater thing, and that's the tomb that's empty. You will see greater things than this, but you've got to open your eyes. You've got to open your hearts, and if you've got that much faith, you will see greater things. Things. Have you seen the empty tomb? Hallelujah. We'll behold him, however, on a throne. There's greater things. There's always greater things. There's always greater things. There's always greater things. And then Jesus tells Nathaniel another sign. 
Now close. Jesus looked Nathaniel right in the mouth and said, I'll tell you the truth. Nathaniel, you will see heaven. You will see heaven open. And you will see the angels of God going up, going down. You're going to see it. Hey, Nathaniel, you're going to see it. Nathaniel didn't come expecting that promise. Nathaniel came to meet a dude to shut him down. You're going to see heaven open. And angels coming in. Undoubtedly, undoubtedly connecting with the dream of Jacob in Genesis chapter 28. Undoubtedly where Jacob saw a ladder from earth to heaven and angels ascending and descending on. He would know that story know that story do you he would know that story he took something that was real and familiar in his life and twisted it around to show him the spiritual relevance how that pointed to Jesus and he said you know about Jacob man you've heard about him all your daggone life I am the door to heaven you will see greater things Jesus says he's the ladder. He's the leap between heaven and earth. And Nathaniel came to understand that Jesus was so, so, so much more than a guy from Nazareth. Jesus was and is the real ladder that spanned the gulf between here and there. Because Nathaniel was honest, didn't try to suck up to Jesus. He didn't try to win him with fancy words. He was straight to the point and said, I don't believe it because those are dirty dogs in Nazareth. But with the words spoken, Jeff, what you're going on quite a bit about this, and this is your Christmas message. With everything we know about Jesus, church, hear me. With everything we know by faith, because we weren't there, but everything we know and believe by faith, the virgin birth. The whole Christmas story. <laughs> Water and the wine, raising the dead. Jesus, listen, Jesus never went to a funeral that stayed a funeral. Every funeral he went to became a party. <laughs> Everything we know by faith about Jesus. The healing. He spit on the ground and he made some mud and he rubbed his spit and dirt in the face of a guy and healed him of his blindness. He created an environment where a blind man could be accepted 
because he was willing to cry out all the more. He, he created a room for you and I because he wants us to come and see. Think of Jesus on the grassy knoll teaching and he looks because it was a test. Jesus said, how are we going to feed these people? He asked his disciples. I don't, man, between all of us, man, we ain't got three bucks. I don't know. Disciple runs over. Hey, there's a kid here. There's a kid over here with some barley loaves and a couple fish. Okay. We can work with that. What? Bring me, bring me the food. Bring me the lunch. Bring me the bread. Bring me the fish. Just counting the men, 5,000. That was only the first time he did that. He did it again with 4,000. Disciples start passing it out. And when the basket started to get empty, greater things. Faith. Jesus, look, I, I'm not, I'm not, look, I ain't going to go walking around with this basket because I'm going to look like a daggone fool, man. Because I'm going to go up to somebody, and there's going to be crumbs in the bottom of this basket, and I'm going to get laughed at and mocked. And you're going to look really stupid, Jesus. And you know what? I'm going to protect you. I'm going to protect you from looking stupid. So let's just go to plan B. Let's just send them home. Send them home so they can get dinner. I get that they're hungry. I get that you care. That's what we love about you, Jesus. Your compassion. But no, they had that much faith. That much faith. Jesus blessed it. Now go feed the people. Greater things. Everything we know about Jesus being a friend of sinners. That'd be me. That'd be me. With everything I know about the fact that he wanted me. With everything we know about the illegal trial and the brutal torture and the crucifixion. With everything we know about the resurrection. With everything we know about Jesus, with everything, just encapsulate all of it, with everything we know about him conquering death, hell, and the grave, with everything we know about that, we ain't seen nothing yet. But you got to believe. You've got to have faith. I don't want to see the same thing. I want to see greater things. I want my church to see greater things. I want my friends to see greater things. I want my family to see. Then you're going to have to step out on the water. You'll never see greater things. Status quo will suck the life out of you. Don't settle for it. Nathaniel, he was negative. He was doubtful, downright hateful, but honest. 
and he declared him to be the Son of God. We read story after story after story after story about Jesus, how people just stopped what they were doing and followed him, and they didn't even know the rest of the story. They didn't even know what was going to happen. They didn't even know how this was going to turn out. We do! We did. They didn't know what was going to happen next. They didn't know they were going to have the power to heal. They didn't know that they were going to have the power to do what they did. They didn't know. We know! They didn't know. They didn't know. They didn't even know up to the time it happened that Jesus was going to raise from the dead. We know. We know. We know. We know. We know. But do we believe? We've made Christmas a sham and a commercial event. Do we know that it's so much more than what we make it? It's so that we can see greater things as the heavens open and the angels come down and we're baptized with fire and we can see greater things with our faith. And the question I have for you, for me, do you want to see more than this? Do you want to see? You want to see more of the fruit of your salvation? You want to see more of your testimony making a difference? Do you want to see more of your faith growing day after day after day? Do you want to see more of your relationship with Jesus growing stronger and getting deeper? Do you want to see more? Do you want to see greater things? Or is everything just cool? Is everything okay? I mean, I'm okay. You're okay. Look, man, we, 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 we worship today. Man, we, we get it. We honor Jesus. Come on, dial it back, Jeff. No, 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 no. Because if we want to see greater things, we've got to humble ourselves like Nathaniel and declare, Jesus, you are the Son of God. There's your salvation. That's the start. Jesus, you are the Son of God. Oh, but you are also the King of Israel. That's when he is the Lord of your life. And because of that, Jesus looks at him. Oh, because you believe. You will see greater things than this. Sign me up. As Christmas approaches and comes and goes like it does every single year, and we sing the same songs, and, we, and I, I, don't lose sight of that beautiful miracle. But if it stops there, we've missed the whole point. Do you want this? I pray, I pray passionately. And, 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 and I, I get misquoted on this so many times, and I'll risk it again. I don't want anybody to be okay with where they are with Jesus because you'll quit trying. You'll quit wanting to go deeper. You'll quit wanting to see greater things. We ain't seen nothing yet. The best is yet to come for his kingdom. 
we keep doing things the same way, we'll get this. Father, I thank you for your word. I thank you, God. I thank you that you allowed ignorant people like me that thought I found you to later understand you weren't lost, but I was as lost as could be. And you came to me. You just put yourself in the way of my life journey. You just, you just started walking right along with me until I acknowledged that you were there. And in faith believing, we declared that you had paid the price for our sin. Blood was put on the doorpost like in the Passover. No poll was given. No questions asked of those inside the homes about their past. No, no questions asked about where they're going to stay faithful. No, no questions asked. Because of the blood, we had an opportunity to be free. But I want to see more. I want, I want to crash headlong into who you are. I want to see greater things. If it costs me everything, I want to see greater things. I want to see greater I want to see greater things. I, I will not be offended in the least if your initial post, if you haven't already on your social media, was, I just heard the worst Christmas message I've ever heard in my life. I won't be offended by that. Oh, but what I hope you heard was a dude that would be honest about his present condition crashed into a Jesus that didn't care what he thought and didn't care about his yesterday and he gave him a future and promised him you will see the heavens open Angels ascending and descending. I am that ladder. I am that door. I am the way, the truth, and the life, Jesus said. I ask you, church, do you want, do you want to see greater things? I know it's celebratory in nature, nature the, the whole Christmas season. And, and, I, and please don't stop celebrating. Oh, but at some point we must lament over the current 
spiritual condition of our churches and our homes and our workplaces and our country and our world. At some what better time than to try to wrap our mind around all of the things that are mind-blowing that we know the rest of the story. And yet we still are promised we could see greater things. But we got to want it. First, he said, Nathaniel did. He looked at Jesus. He said, You're the Son of God. That's your salvation. If you're here today, and it's not been on point if it's not been what you know it should be. Just don't offer Jesus a bunch of excuses. Just just declare He is the Son of God. You submit to that. You bow to that. You humble yourself to that. It's the beginning of your process of being saved. If it's you I just want to pray for you. Just acknowledge it. Just move your hand. I just want to pray for you. I, 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 I need my relationship with Jesus fixed. I'm in and I'm out and I'm up and I'm down and I'm in and I'm out and I'm up and I'm down. I want to just declare and exclaim and cry and lift my voice and declare that he is the son of the living God. And I submit my life to him. If it's you, raise your hand right now. Right now, just raise your tag on hand. Mm-hmm. How about, is he your king? Is he the Lord of your life, or are you still in the driver's seat? This is where that faith of a mustard seed comes in. Here's the thing. Everybody in this room is doing pretty good on their own. But in order to see greater things, he's got to be Lord of your life. And like those that came to the stable and bent a knee, And like those that went to the house offering him gifts and bent a knee. Like those at the foot of the cross came with broken hearts and bent a knee. Like countless angels in heaven, even as we speak, are bending a knee. For you who want to see greater things, who will declare today, I take myself off my throne. Jesus is my King. He is my Lord. I know He started as a baby. Oh, oh, but I've seen too much. He's done too much. He's blessed me too much. I want to see greater things. If that's you, I invite you to join me at this altar. And listen, I'm done. This this service is over. You're dismissed. But I'm asking you, Be reverent for those 
who are coming to seek greater things. And I pray you would join me. Father, thank you for thank you for sending your son. Thank you for every miracle, every story. Thank you for everything we've seen, everything we've heard, everything we've experienced. Oh, but God, listen, hear our hearts today as your people cry out, show us greater things. Give us more. Oh, God, we've been baptized with water. Oh, may your spirit fall. Fill us with your spirit, Lord Jesus. May we open ourselves up to you. Oh, God, we're scared. We're, we're, we're timid because we've been abused. We've been taken advantage of. Oh, may we trust you with everything. And may we open ourselves up and say, fill me, Jesus. Fill me with your spirit. Oh, that fire would fall into our lives and cleanse us. Restore us. Show us greater things. 